Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. O God, our Father, let us find grace in thy sight, so as to have grace to serve you acceptably, with reverence and godly fear, to stir it up and grow in it, and persevere in your grace and share it, and bring your light into the world to heal and overcome darkness and fear. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning. Today I would like to share with you a little bit about a priest named Phillips Brooks. Now, Father Phillips Brooks was an influential Episcopal priest that will become a bishop of Massachusetts and served the Lord as clergy from 1860 to when he passed away in 1893. He was an author. He oversaw the construction of the Trinity Church in Boston. They had the first freestanding altar. And he also wrote the words for the Christmas carol, Little Town of Bethlehem. And Father Brooks was known for his love of children. And I would like to tell you a story he shared with the people of his parish. At the time, he was the rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity in Philadelphia. He was walking to the rectory. And when he spotted a young boy trying to grab the doorbell, pulled outside at one of the splendid residents in the neighborhood. It is one of those old-fashioned doorbells, the one that had to be pulled in order to ring the bell that was on the other side of the door. And try as that little boy did, the child could not reach the rope. Ever helpful, Father Brooks saw how the boy was struggling, so he stopped and lifted up the boy so he could give a doorbell pull a good tug. And then after he did this, still raised high in Father Brooks' arm, the child turned to him and said gleefully, Now run like the devil! <laughs> now run like a devil is what happened to that unclean spirit who possessed that person we heard about in the gospel of Mark today. It sprinted out of that synagogue. And what an introduction for this person named Jesus to the people in his synagogue. So what do you think? Is this what Jesus planned that day in Capernaum? Was this how he wanted to begin his ministry? To do a miracle right at the outset? Well, my observation is what I always like to say and borrow from that Hertz commercial long ago. Not exactly. We are in the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. So let us explore this chapter. Well, we celebrate on the first Sunday of Epiphany, Jesus' baptism, when God the Father said, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Next in this chapter of Mark, which will be read in three weeks on the first Sunday of Lent, is when Jesus fasted for 40 days, and at the end was tempted by the devil. But Jesus rejected each temptation with conviction. Then after this took place, Jesus' ministry 
begins. We heard these past two weeks, one from John and last week from Mark chapter 1, the call of his disciples. Not all of them, but the ones who are truly his inner circle. And that brings us to today's lesson, heard from Mark chapter 1 of this gospel. Jesus was his newly called disciples, and were in the city of Capernaum, a fishing village on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. And what was Jesus' plan for his ministry? To instill into the minds of the Jewish people his mission. And what was his mission? Well, we heard it last week from the Gospel of Mark. He was going to proclaim the good news of God. And how he was going to do that. Well, first by saying throughout the region, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. And second, he was going to do it by teaching. And we heard today that Jesus was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum with his disciples next to him, listening how they would someday fish for people. It was a custom in those days to invite people to speak in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And Jesus taught the scribes and the others in attendance. We do not know what he taught, but for sure it was a hallelujah moment, for they were all astounded by his teaching. It seemed to them he taught with a unique gift. He had authority like no one else before. Jesus, I would say, he knocked it out of the park, Father Mark, knocked it out, deep center field, and the Mets win. And I cannot imagine what his disciples thought other than how grateful they were to answer his call. But that euphoria did not last long. For all of a sudden, a person sitting there listening and possessed with an unclean spirit shouted out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are the Holy One of God. Now, was Jesus the Holy One of God we heard today from Deuteronomy when Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people, and you shall heed such a prophet. Yes, Jesus is who was prophesied by Moses and is the Holy One from God. And the unclean spirit knew who Jesus was. No one else in the synagogue did. They were just amazed by his teaching. And I would put his disciples in that group as well. Because it was not until later in the Gospel of Mark chapter 8 verse 29. When Jesus asked them, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And it was Peter who stood up among the disciples and said it. You are the Messiah. Now, we do not know why the unclean spirit possessed that man. But Jesus knew what was happening and rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. The unclean spirit obeyed Jesus. 
and what slipped in the minds for those in attendance that this took place on the Sabbath, which later would become a subject of discord between Jesus and the religious leaders. For no work is done on the Sabbath, and they consider healing working. They were again all amazed because they witnessed that Jesus was not just an everyday teacher who knew scripture, but he demonstrated a new teaching and to perceive the newfound authority that even unclean spirits obeyed him. The authority which Greek is called exousia, and exousia can also mean power, and is especially used in terms of moral influence, thoughts of in terms of jurisdiction or dominion over a certain realm, right, privilege, or ability. And Jesus' fame spread throughout Galilee. And the plan he had to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God by teaching took a drastic turn. And his miracles came to the forefront as a way to teach and reveal who he is. The Holy One of God. The Son of God. The Messiah. Who does have exousia over all creation both heaven and earth. The gospel heard today is one of the 26 miracles of healing performed by Jesus that are written in all 24 gospels. It is the first one recognized by Mark. And next Sunday, we'll hear more miracles of healing by Jesus in chapter 1 of the gospel of Mark. And healing individuals through the power of prayer is so important in the Episcopal Church. And over my two years as being your deacon, I witness how important and vibrant it is at St. Edward's. In the Episcopal Church, healing notice holy unction from the Latin word uncitio, means anointing. It's one of our seven sacraments. From our catechism, holy unction of the sick is defined as follows the rite of anointing the sick with oil, or laying of hands, by which God's grace is given for healing of spirit, mind, and body. Our liturgy called Ministration to the Sick starts in the Book of Common Prayer on page 453 and continues to page 461. And within these pages, there is guidance for service for healing and Holy Eucharist, and many prayers to pray when we know someone is hurting spiritually, mind, and or body. At St. Edward's, it is the way of life in the parish, the fabric of our being to have faithfulness in the power of prayer. Every Sunday in our prayers of the people, we have a list of people we pray for. And after communion, the congregation is invited by Father Mark to raise their hand to receive a prayer of healing. Hopefully someday, an invitation will once again be extended to not only receive a prayer of healing, but to have the laying of, on of hands and be anointed by pure olive oil called oleum inferium that was blessed by the bishop. On Wednesday at 12 noon, we have Holy Eucharist service that is totally dedicated to healing. Then we have our faithful parishioner, Ann Brown, 
and her team of 51-plus prayer warriors praying for healing and thanksgiving when a request is made from the clergy or by the office staff or directly to in from members of the parish or their friends. And a new healing ministry was established that will be a year old next month. And it's led by Deacon Kim and has nine members. The name of this ministry is By His Grace Healing Humanity and is a member of the worldwide healing ministry called the Order of St. Luke. But just like those infomercials, there's more. There's more, ladies and gentlemen, at St. Edward's. The entire congregation, the church family, for each of you have the exousia, the authority to pray for healing because we are all children of God. And not only a child of God, but more. And listen to the words of St. Teresa of Vila, and you may recall this prayer. Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks, compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. We are ambassadors and representatives for Jesus. And we are called upon to pray, not only for healing of people, but also for thanksgiving, for peace, the community, the nation, events, and more. It is within these prayers that are being lifted up by each one of us and given to God and to his Son through the power of the Holy Spirit that gives inspiration and resolution for whom or why we are praying. And unlike poor Father Phyllis Brooks, who did not really know the outcome when he reached out to that little boy and lifted him up to ring that bell, we will be equipped by the authority, the exousia, given to us in the name of Jesus with our faith and trust and with words from the Holy Spirit, what to pray when we are sought to pray, to place that prayer request into the hands of God. For it is written in Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. 
May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.